0: That's it, man. What are you doing? I'm waiting for you to read more. I'm supposed to read more? Yes. I'm supposed to read more. I have done my duty for the evening, sir. No, you haven't. You're not even close to done. You don't need to. Pay off your debt (laughs) of something. Okay, why am I in debt to you? Isn't it the other way around? No, you're in debt to me because reasons. Because reasons? Yes. Fair enough. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Dad Reads podcast where a dad that's me reads to his son that's me while he constantly interrupts yep chapter three reaching into the portal the crashing water was violent max was smashed against the walls until he was nearly senseless and then all at once the water fell away disappearing down the drain in the floor The griffins were thrown to the ground where they lay like marooned fish gasping for breath. Max stumbled to his feet. Is everyone all right? Alive and kicking, Harley announced with a groan, helping Natalia and Ernie to their feet. Thanks to Natalia, Max added. Nice work. Natalia smiled as she wrung out her braids and then pointed at the door. A piece of it had slid away, revealing a small circular inset. They all watched as the beetle crept inside the opening, extending its legs into the tiny hole. And then, with a whir of gears, the beetle began to spin, first one way, then the other like a combination lock. (laughs) Finally, with a click, the door began to rumble, rolling away to unveil a dark room beyond. Whoa! exclaimed Harley, stepping through the doorway with his flare held high. You need to see this! The griffins followed him into the circular control room. Against one wall was a wide console covered with buttons, switches, and levers. Blueprint diagrams hung in procession on the other walls. The floor was littered with concrete that had fallen from the ceiling, and there were several rotting chairs. I think it was some sort of testing laboratory, Harley remarked as he examined the blueprints more closely. Or a control room, added Ernie. But for what? A mechanical army, Harley said, looking at the schematics. Each machine was bristling with weapons and shielded with armor. Maybe that's what all those spare parts were back there. Vesper rockets, Max exclaimed, reading through an inventory manifest. Magneto rifles? One machine looked like a cross between a minotaur and a tank. Whoever designed this stuff had a crazy imagination. That person is also very dead, Natalia added. This blueprint is dated May 1916. That was during World War I. It's for something called the brimstone key, but this drawing doesn't look anything like a key. Max looked at the strange rendering of a cylindrical object with the words meteoric iron written next to it. (laughs) I can't believe that technology existed back then, Harley remarked as he picked up a set of schematics. This thing is a walking fortress. It even has retractable Gatling guns and rocket boosters. Can you imagine running into one of these? It's called a dreadnought, Max read from the paper Harley was holding. Do you think that beetle was delivered to us by accident? Natalia asked. I mean, why would it lead us down here? Because why not? Check this out, Harley said. He placed the dreadnought blueprint back on the table and walked over to a floor to ceiling mirror. Attached around the frame were cylinders with compression hoses linked to an array of glass canisters. They were filled with a hazy blue liquid. Four motors, one in each corner, were arranged at angles and they powered hundreds of interconnected gears. It's a portal, Max said. Natalia frowned. Are you sure? Max placed his hand on the surface of the mirror. It chilled his skin. I'm positive portals known scientifically as interdimensional teleportation singularities were enchanted doorways that could take a person anywhere in the blink of an eye some opened doorways to a particular place while other portals could move a traveler through time they were incredibly rare because they were simply impossible to find that is unless someone had a special talent max was just such a person how does it work ernie wanted to know he was getting anxious to leave Harley examined the motors and cylinders. "'I think you have to turn it on first. "'You know, like a motor,' he indicated a switch on the right side. (laughs) "'Aren't portals powered by some kind of enchantment? "'Why would you have to turn it on?' Natalia wondered. "'There's only one way to find out,' Harley answered. "'Then he took hold of a crank on the side of the frame and began to turn. "'As he did, the blue liquid in the glass vials began to boil.' After a minute of hard cranking, Harley flipped the starter switch. All at once, the motors rumbled to life, and soon they were driving the array of gears in a circular parade of motion. Harley stepped back. That's incredible. They turned Harley into inventor for convenience. Natalia studied the mirror. Its surface rolled like a wind-blown lake, and when Max touched it, a ripple went out from his fingers in a series of rings. Okay, you're right, she conceded. It's a portal. "'But how do we know where it leads?' "'Don't.' "'I think I can answer that,' Max began, "'placing his hand on a series of dials "'in the left side of the frame. "'Taking in a breath, he turned one of the dials, "'and all at once a brilliant shaft of sunlight "'poured through the mirror's surface, "'blinding the Griffins in momentary wonder. "'As their eyes adjusted, "'they could see that the portal led to the roof "'of a tall building in the midst of a sprawling city. "'That's Minneapolis!' Harley exclaimed. Weird. Which gives me an idea, Max began to turn the dials in different directions, sometimes together, sometimes one at a time, each time changing the scene on the other side of the mirror. I think I have it, he exclaimed a few moments later. The first dial has some pre-programmed places that the mirror usually connects to, but the others let you control the destination. He turned the final dial two clicks, then stepped back with a smile. The interior of their familiar treehouse headquarters appeared before them. It was just that they had left it a few hours earlier, with the box that held the beetle still sitting on the table. How did you do that? Natalia asked. Max Max thought about it for a moment. I don't know, he admitted. It's like I always knew how to use it, but I've never seen one of those before. That's weird, Ernie said, but I don't care. All I know is that I want to get out of here. He started to step toward the mirror, but Max held him back. Wait, wait a minute. What did the note say that came with the beetle? Wine stem to find him? Who were we supposed to find? Anyone who would hang out down here has to be insane, Ernie noted. And that means I don't want to meet him. Like the you should take a look at this, Max, Natalia said as she stood next to a glass display case. Are those round table cards? Ernie asked, reaching out to grab him. Ernie, don't, it might be a trap! Once again, it was too late. Stupid Ernie! In his excitement, Ernie had already pulled the deck out of the case. The other griffins held their breath, waiting for the ceiling to fall or for the floor to open up and reveal a pit of vipers. Luckily, none of that happened. See, they're just cards, Ernie said, holding them out triumphantly. Round table was a popular trading card game with Templar youth, but it was also used as a training tool so they could learn the strengths and weaknesses of enemies without the fear of injury. Harley took the cards and started shuffling through them. I haven't seen any of these before, he said. Look, there's awesome. a Reaper, a Dreadnought. A reaper. Wait, who the heck is this guy? Across the top, he read the words Clockwork King. There was a cadre of mechanical soldiers in the background, similar to the machines from the blueprints. I think we're both imagining the Reaper as the same creature on the card. The focal point, however, was a hard-edged man. His skin was etched with fine lines, his silver hair and mustache were trimmed to military efficiency, and his nose was as straight as his posture. He was dressed in attire from the last century with a black dress jacket, a high collar lined with the emblems of his rank, and a red sash draped from his left shoulder. The man's eyes struck Max like a hammer and he staggered backward. That's that's him. Who? The guy from my dream. <gasps> we need to show this to Logan, Natalia advised. Your dream him. He'll know what to do. When will you learn, Max? You're not just gonna not tell your friends about your dream or oh it's not important. Every time you have a nightmare. It's important, okay? Wait a minute, did you see that? Ernie said. His eyes just blinked. Uh Max looked at the clockwork king. He had the impression that the man on the card was examining him with great interest, and it was unnerving. And then, with a smile of horrifying benevolence, he winked. There was a flash, and the card disintegrated onto a shower of dust. The griffins stared at the floor in stunned silence. Okay. That was C-R-E-E-P-Y, double He loves announced. saying that. At that moment, there was a deep rumble. A massive fissure raced across the ceiling, sending dust raining down on their heads. It was followed by a Race series back? of timed explosions. All at once, the world began to fall. The portal, Max shouted, brushing it, pushing his friends toward the mirror. What about the blueprints? Natalia cried. It. It's the only evidence we have. There was another explosion. No time! Max ordered. With a shove, Natalia followed Ernie and Harley through the portal mirror. Max took one last look at the mysterious control room and then dove after his friends. Chapter 4 A Message from the Grave.